made a bargain with you, sir. Gave you my word. Don't you want me to keep it? I... That sounds like the foolishness of an honest man. Speak on. I wish to keep my side of the bargain. But I want to change the terms of my plan. That is, if I may. Thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Mac. And I'm Caleb. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And today, we are going to be looking at The Smugglers. The Smugglers was written by Brian Hales, directed by Julia Smith, uh, produced by Eines Lloyd, and aired September 10th, 1966, to October 1st, 1966. Not the first time that we've heard from Mr. Hales. He also wrote The Celestial Toymaker. Hmm. And, uh, given how much he was, you know, screwed with what they could actually do, I'm, uh, looking forward to seeing if he had similar issues in that he was being, you know censored a lot and couldn't do what he wanted or if he's finally given a chance to cut loose yeah because like they had to like tone down the celestial toy maker right yeah they had so they had to they had to tone it down because it was a lot darker in the first draft and also they had a budget of uh two bucks some chewed up bubblegum and their hopes and dreams yeah so So, yeah so i'll be curious about where this one goes if his writing style is consistent maybe it's maybe it's gonna be a darker arc maybe i'm looking forward to it um, I do know that uh, Aniki Wills and Michael Craze have both said that it's it's their favorite. Hmm. So, look forward to that. Yeah. But, uh, Caleb, given everything you know about Doctor Who and given the title, The Smugglers, what do you think this episode's going to be about? Uh, this is obviously the episode when the TARDIS is recruited to uh, make the parse or make the Kessel Run in five parsecs. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. <laughs> I'm so funny. That Mandalorian sure is a good show. That Mandalorian. <laughs> I love the baby Yoda. <laughs> I would say the doctor's going to become a drug mule. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we need you to take these space drugs to this specific space and time. And he's like, yes, I'm a master of going to specific spaces and time. <laughs> I need you to take these space drugs and go over the space border. <laughs> There you'll meet my space contact. <laughs> yeah, I know the thoughts. Drug, he's, he's a drug mule. All right. Well, with that... <laughs> with that super accurate prediction... We will see you all in the future. Let's get going. back may have just been a couple seconds for you but it was almost three weeks for us whoa but uh in our defense we didn't i don't think we bought the the collection until like until like last friday so yeah, a little less than a week ago so we just take it took our time with this one 
Yeah, Mac Mac came to Indiana for a weekend, and then I went to Texas for a weekend, and then we had no money, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have $3, and that $3 wasn't enough to pay for my half of the, of the collection, <laughs> so... And I'm just perpetually broke, so... Yeah, well, you have three kids, that's understandable. <laughs> I know we talked just, like, very, very briefly, but overall, what'd you think of the Smugglers? Forgettable. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the... It's one of the ones that will not be... It's one of the ones that we will look back on and be like, uh... What happened in that one? Yep, yep. That's exactly what's going to happen. I, I was like that immediately after listening to the episodes. Yeah. And I actually had time to listen to these ones. I actually... Bosses don't listen to this. I actually just sat back at work and did nothing but listen to the episode, and I still cannot really articulate to you almost anything that happened. Not until I read the wiki. See, it's piratey themed so like it already has a couple of points in its favor for me i will love anything pirate related even if it's shit so this one's not anywhere near like my bottom five or anything but it's also not anywhere near my top five so yeah i mean like, a lot of the audio episodes are forgettable right but like this one is almost unique in how forgettable it is because again like i just meh. i i am personally not a huge fan of pirates I don't have anything against them, but, like, people... You're a cowboy guy. I'm a cowboy guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it, it didn't even win any points in that favor for me. Because, like, uh, once, um, uh, what's his name, Pike came in, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's pirates. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I think, I mean, we'll we'll get into this, but I think the um, the thing this episode has the most going for it is that it's Ben and Polly's first real adventure mm-hmm. like they had the war machines but they weren't full-fledged companions until this episode yep this is the first one is like real companions air <laughs> quote real companions on that note you want to just go ahead and dive in yeah Simon, do you have any fun trivia for us let me scroll down to my trivia here polly is the only female character in this story uh which is a fact that greatly annoyed uh uh annika wills and I was mispronouncing her name last episode. It is Annika, not Aniki or Anika or whatever the fuck I called it last time. It's Annika. <laughs> Annika. And uh, Annika and Annika Wills and Michael Craze both listed this as their favorite story. So, well, they were wrong. Go figure. Um, <laughs> there is one more piece of trivia. I w- nah, I'll, I'll save. It. I'll save it for the end. It's it's a good one. I'll save it for the end. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I guess we'll just dive in. Okay, here's here's me remembering and also not stealing anything from the TARDIS wiki. The Smugglers, Episode 1. The Doctor is pissed that Ben and Polly are on his ship. At first, they are skeptical that they have traveled through space and time, and it's only when they encounter Joseph Longfoot at a church that they realize they are in the 16th century. Joseph tells the Doctor a strange riddle before the crew sets off towards a local inn. At the inn, they are turned away until the Doctor mentions befriending Longfoot. Back at the church, Joseph is harangued by a sailor named Cherub, and we learn that he was once part of the Black Albatross's crew. And Cherub wants to learn about Captain Avery's gold. The fight ends in Cherub killing Joseph. A man named Tom arrives at the inn and tells the innkeep about Longfoot's death. But Cherub and three other men arrive shortly after. The three men abduct the doctor, and when a squire arrives to help, he arrests Polly and Ben for supposedly killing Longfoot. Cherub takes the Doctor to the Black Albatross, where he meets Captain Pike, 
who demands the doctor tells him what he knows. I'm kind of digging this as Ben and Polly's first foray in the TARDIS because I realized while listening to this story, this is the first time we've had companion introductions that don't also have a transitional companion. Like Ian mm. and Barbara had Susan, Vicky had Ian and Barbara, Stephen had Vicky, Dodo had Stephen. There is no other companion that's kind of aware of what's going on. Yeah. It's <laughs> just this deranged old man. And you kind of pick up on that in the beginning because they're like, I was like, the ship's you're materializing. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? What does that mean? Uh, and the doctor, <laughs> the doctor uh, says something because they're like, well, dematerializing, what's that? And the doctor's response is, you're standing in it. <laughs> Actually, since this is the only scene in the TARDIS in this story, well, at the very end, but I'm going to go ahead and do that trivia. The trivia that I mentioned, it's too good. I can't, I can't not talk about it. So, <laughs> let's see. This was directed by Julia Smith. Yes. Okay. So this was directed by Julia Smith. And at one point she um, told him to press a specific button on the TARDIS for a specific shot they were going for. But William Hartnell had become so intimately familiar with how the TARDIS was supposed to work. He refused to do that shot because if he pressed that button, then this would happen. And if she needed this to happen, then he would have to go all the way around the TARDIS console in order to press this button. (laughs) And so it was just, it was really funny because like he was yelling at her because she had no idea how the TARDIS works. And she's like, okay. Hmm. (laughs) William Hartnell is a method actor. He is the doctor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that story uh, is hilarious. I fucking hate actors so much. <laughs> As someone who has a bachelor's of fine arts in acting, I agree. Actors are the fucking worst. <laughs> there, was, there was something that I kept texting you about, Caleb, while we were... Uh, while I was let me, let's face it while i was waiting on you to finish listening to the episode, <laughs> and that that i figured ben was going to be one of your new favorite companions and um the reason i think is because ben and polly have a very similar outlook as about the tardis and the adventures they're in as you and i do because <laughs> just the entire time, the entire time that we're on this adventure, Ben is just like, I want to go home. <laughs> Let's go back to the TARDIS. This isn't our business. This is dumb. Let's go back. And Polly's just like, this is fucking awesome. Let's go. <laughs> it's uh, I, that, That's true. This is getting ahead of ourselves. Like, that happens like when they, after they get arrested in episode two, they're in like a jail or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. that's like literally the conversation that happens. <laughs> Because he's just like, I need to get back. I need to get back. Uh, he's like, I don't care that I'm traveling through all of time and space and having a swashbuckling adventure right now. I have to get back for my shift at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, while I would never be excited about going back to work, I do agree with the sentiment of like anyone whose goal isn't to get the fuck away from this is wrong. <laughs> And see, I'm on the I'm on Polly's side, where it's like, hey, we're here. Let's just treat it as like a really cool adventure, as like a really cool vacation. I'm like, yeah, a really cool vacation where you almost get killed by pirates. That's yeah. what makes it exciting. <laughs> Something like that. 
Like, I agree. Ben, ben and I have a slightly better outlook. I really know a character is there, or like right in line with me when they're like, oh, we're on an alien planet with like monsters that are trying to kill us. You know what? Just fucking kill me, doctor. <laughs> like, just shoot me in the head and get it over with. I'll be like, that's the guy. He gets it. I did make the note that whereas Dodo was the charming kind of stupid, I'm worried that Ben will be the frustrating kind of stupid. Yeah, Ben is just dumb. <laughs> Because maybe I didn't understand what we're getting ahead of ourselves. But in that jail scene where he's talking about, like, getting back to his boat, I just thought Ben was a fucking idiot and thought he was still in the 20th century. I think he did. I'm pretty (laughs) sure he was convinced he's still in the 20th. I don't think it happens until, like, the very end of this story that he's like, oh... It wasn't like, wow, that guy has, like, a flintlock pistol. Wow, everyone's really dirty. Grand, he's from London, so. At one point, uh, Ben and Polly, like, playing a game to pass pass the time of they were in the graveyard and trying to find the oldest tombstone. And he's just like, hey, Polly, look, this one is from 1591. I think I win. And Polly's like, that was like six years ago to these people. Try harder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ben. Ben. (laughs) They have their conversation with Strangefoot. Was Strangefoot, right? Is that what his name? Uh, Longfoot. Longfoot. I think his name was. Longfoot. They have their conversation with Longfoot, and then they go to the inn, and they get a very cold reception. And the Poly- Polly and the doctor have this conversation. She says, well, they certainly don't seem to like strangers. I wonder why. And then the doctor responds with, oh, don't worry, my dear. I don't think we'll be here long enough to find out. He says in the first part of a four-part episode. <laughs> <laughs> four parts later (laughs) all things considered it wasn't that long it's only like a day i think so uh whereas like you know they have spent like literal weeks places in the romans they spent months in rome well i mean they were squatting in a roman villa i would have spent months there too (laughs) until the doctor was like you know what this would be this is great and all but what if it was all on fire (laughs) (laughs) so i do love me some pirates and uh, because I love me some pirates, I am required to have Treasure Island be one of my favorite books. And uh, the scene where uh, Cherub goes to see Longfoot and, like, demands to know where the treasure is hidden and, like, threatens him and then eventually kills him. That's, like, straight out of Treasure Island. That that exact <laughs> scene happens between the characters Billy, Blo- Billy Bones and Blind Pew. Like, <laughs> that... <laughs> The only difference is that it didn't happen in a tavern, and uh, and in Doctor Who, Cherub kills Longfoot right then and there, instead of leaving and then coming back and then killing him. <laughs> <laughs> Never read Treasure Island. Uh, you don't have to. Watch the Muppet version. It is not only <laughs> one of my favorite films, it is also, like, a really good adaptation of Treasure Island. <laughs> Excellent. Pretty sure it's on Disney+. Plus. I have nothing else to say about this episode. I hope you have more notes. No, that, that's that's all I got. Yep. The, the comparisons to Treasure Island and I Do Love Me Some Pirates were the last notes that I had. Yeah, and the Doctor does get kidnapped, and then we do supposedly see, like, a hook at the very end. Because it's Captain Pike. I do know that Avery is the pirate that is, like, the main thrust of the plot in Uncharted 4. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite games of all time. So, that's cool. <laughs> there we go. I don't mean to, like, I don't know, get you too excited, but Caleb, but 
Maybe at some point we'll meet Captain Avery in this show. Maybe. Maybe. It probably will not be as exciting as Uncharted 4, but maybe we will meet. <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty exciting episode, but again, it has pirates, so I'm already inclined to like it. It's automatically a 7 in Max. <laughs> yeah, at minimum. On to episode 2. Ben wakes up in prison and still rambles about the Navy like he isn't 300 years in the past. <laughs> that's that's actually the first line I wrote in this description. <laughs> <laughs> Polly muses on how to escape the cell they find themselves in. The doctor is indignant and demands to be treated better. Also, he'll help Pike if he gets part of the booty. Ben and Polly escape by duping the guard and head to the church to look for clues about Longfoot's death. They find a secret passage in a tomb and hide as a cloaked man emerges. When he is captured by the two, he reveals himself as Josiah Blake, a tax man who believes Longfoot and the locals are part of a smuggling operation. The innkeeper is brought aboard the Albatross and reveals himself as a smuggler, but the pirates take him captive. When the pirates also capture Polly, she reveals that the three travelers were the last people to see Longfoot alive. Pike and Cherub head to the church with Polly bound and gagged, and Ben emerges from the t- tunnel just as they arrive. Pretty much all of the pirates uh, in this story call the doctor Sawbones, and Sawbones is a way cooler word than doctor. Why did that not catch on? Probably because, I don't know, it also sounds terrifying. They're like, hey, do you want to go to the doctor? And, and you're like, yeah, sure, I don't know what a doctor is, but it sounds nice. Or do you want to go to the saw bones to get that leg? <laughs> I was like, well, it sounds like it's going to saw my bones, so no. Do you want to go to the doctor? Eh, do you want to go to the saw bones? Oh, that sounds metal as hell. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> that sounds metal as fuck. <laughs> because like a rational person, you decide things based on how metal it is. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. Um, <laughs> Life's as extreme as you want to make it. <laughs> so Ben and Polly are in prison, and uh, Polly sees a rat in the corner and gets freaked out, and then she starts coming up with a plan of how to escape. And uh, I just love this moment with Polly. She's like... <gasps> I've got an idea. All I need is some straw. Nope, nope, nope. Rat's still in the corner. You go get it. <laughs> like I, just, I can just picture her like, she's like, struck by inspiration, turns to the corner. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. You, nope. <laughs> you know what? You know what's a better idea? Staying here. <laughs> I'm convinced that Ben perpetually has the song In the Navy stuck in his head. Because <laughs> yeah, he it's all he fucking talks about. Yeah, it is. He's one of those people... They come in a room and they start talking. It's like, oh, you're in the Navy? I did not know that. I did not know that about you, Ben. You've never brought it up before. Once again, the doctor finds himself in a position where the only way to escape is to inflate the ego of the person in front of him, which is something that he's very familiar with. When he's just talking to talking to Captain Pike and we're both gentlemen. We're both gentlemen. We're not we're not like these other ruffians. And Captain Pike's like, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I am a gentleman of fortune. <laughs> yes, we're both sophisticates. <laughs> and then I make a note that, and I'm surprised you, you didn't bring this up in your recap at all, because my note is, I don't know why, but I get the feeling that the way Ben and Polly escape from prison is going to piss Caleb off. Oh, yeah, because it did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell the tell the good people how Ben and Polly escape from prison? 
Oh, God. How do you even articulate it? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, again, it's one of those things, like, I was listening to it. I had to kind of, like, go back to the wiki and be like, is that what happened? I don't know. So much bullshit happens in the show. I'm I'm starting to accept it now. (laughs) Good. Ben convinces the guard that Polly is possessed by the doctor because he's, like, a wizard. (laughs) And she, in her... Hypnotic Trance has made a voodoo doll of Tom and is basically like, oh, I'll do something bad to it. <laughs> you better watch out. It has a tiny little knife to its straw throat. <laughs> and Tom's like, no, please, I'll do anything. And he unlocks the door and lets them go. And he's like, all right, be careful. I, I, You don't want me to hurt this thing for real. That would be bad. I'm not going to show you because I'm a nice person. But it would be bad. Okay, bye. Yeah, they're they're uh, <laughs> preying on the fact that they are a much more superstitious people during this time. Um, but yeah, I was listening to this and I was like, Caleb's gonna fucking hate this. <laughs> oh my god, it kind of makes me want to time travel because I was like, because it makes me realize, oh my god, it would be so easy. <laughs> it's like a John Mulaney uh, bit where he's where he talks about how he's watching cold case files and it's like back then you could get away with anything as long as you weren't still there when the murder happened you could get away with anything <laughs> captain we found an entire pool of blood of the of the murder victim in the in the hallway hmm gross anyway <laughs> back to my yeah. hunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah ba- basically that um, yeah, no, I think I repressed it. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Now, here's the question. Is it the dumbest thing to happen in this show? Sadly, no. Not even a little. I was gonna say, how can you possibly even think that, given the fridge thing that you get so hung up on? Uh, here's the thing. The fridge thing is the dumbest thing that happened in the show, and a lot of dumb things have happened, and it's still not even close. There was a massive gap between one and whatever two is. I still think one of the dumbest things that happened in the show is um, when the Daleks invented escape rooms, and they put one in their prison cell just so that they oh. could escape. <laughs> this isn't really like a dumb thing that happened, but speaking of Daleks, one of the one of the most oh my god moments of the show is when you just watched fucking. 30 Daleks pack into the time machine. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, all right, how long is the episode? 22 minutes? It needs to be 24. Uh, just get more Daleks. I have an idea. And someone was just off screen with a stopwatch going, all right, we're done. That's enough. But we're not talking about Daleks. We're talking about pirates. We're talking about pirates. Totally different. Maybe because we have so much to say about this episode. That's why we're talking about other episodes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, my last note is I am a little conflicted because I am genuinely interested in what's going on because it's it's a pirate story. But I don't really have a whole lot to say about it because I was running into a similar problem I do with all of the audio episodes in that it just had a whole lot of back and forth between characters mm-hmm. that I can't really tell the difference between them. And what Mm -hmm. really fucked me up a lot more than I feel like it should have is that one of the main characters is named Cherub and another one of the main characters is named Cuper. And I kept hearing Cupid and in my head, it's like (laughs) Cupid is a Cherub. So like I kept thinking that the two characters were exactly the same and then they started talking to each other and I was like, what? No, I thought they were the same person. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's happening in this episode? (laughs) 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's it's particularly bad, especially with all the pirate language. Yeah. All of them seem to be putting on that "yar" kind of voice to mm-hmm. really drive home the fact that they're pirates. So that didn't help either. <laughs> yeah, and like it's a. I feel like the audio episodes go better when there's more like stuff happening, and the narrator kind of has. To explain the scene, mm-hmm. like the Celestial Toymaker, slightly better episode because they had to explain what was happening. Yeah. And this one, like, that didn't really happen a lot. It was a lot of talking. They're all dudes and they all sound basically the exact same. Mm-hmm. And I also felt like, for whatever reason, I felt like the... And maybe I'm just now not used to watching or listening to them, but I felt like the audio was notably worse. Yeah, there were definitely parts where the audio quality took a major dip because i was listening i'm like i genuinely like don't i can't understand what this person is saying yeah and it's not like an accent thing it's an audio quality thing yeah uh so yeah so i'm personally not conflicted about it i will not be surprised if when i finally do my ranking for the first doctor if the entire bottom half of the episode of my episode ranking is all the history episodes because i don't think i've really liked a single one of them Beyond the French Revolution one, kind of just because it was the French Revolution one. Yeah. I do really think that the era in which it takes place is a big factor in, as to whether you or I really enjoy it or not. Because, mm-hmm. like, I really enjoy ancient Greece and Romans and Golden Age of Piracy and your French Revolution. So I understand. I'm looking at my bottom five right now, and I'm actually shocked to see that only two of them are historicals yeah the historicals are just painful and maybe it's because like i'm an idiot i don't know anything because it's like when they when they mentioned the black albatross i'm like oh that's probably some important ship i don't know anything about and then they said captain avery i was like wait i know captain avery because i know uncharted 4 (laughs) i will go ahead and put your mind at ease a little bit not the next episode and not the next step not the episode after that but the episode after that is another pure historical and that is the last pure historical we're going to have for like 10 years so oh thank god (laughs) holy shit yeah because because uh the producer eins lloyd agrees with you he's like "Mm, these historicals i don't think are really worth it i think we need to start moving away from that yeah well he got it right they might be more interesting, and if my understanding of the show is right, this happens. Uh, they might be more interesting if some weird, crazy sci-fi element gets introduced. Now, now pirates, boring. Pirates with laser guns? Excuse me. Yeah, um, that's that's the thing, because I say that it's the last pure historical. It's not the f- last time they go to a historical place or meet historical people or whatever, but there's always some sort of sci-fi twist to it something like i literally just watched an episode where the doctor hung out with nikola tesla (laughs) and then they had to fight laser scorpions (laughs) (laughs) okay so that's when the show gets interesting (laughs) yeah i i hope i don't know what the next historical is gonna be i really hope i really hope the doctor accidentally assassinates what is it like the archduke of hungary archduke uh, archduke of austria Yes, Austria. The one that the one that started World War One. Yeah. Yep. You know, we've already low key burned Rome. I I want the historicals to go out on a bang. Literally. I think we've made this joke before, but I do want, 
I do want it to be revealed that the doctor is the one that like accidentally made his his uh, car go in the wrong direction, which is what caused him to get assassinated. And he's like, <laughs> ooh, I'm gonna ooh. leave now. <laughs> well, time to leave. Bye. That was probably gonna happen anyway. <laughs> you can't prove it wouldn't happen anyway. Let's go. <laughs> anyway. We're stalling for time because we have nothing else to say. Let's go ahead and go into episode three. Episode three. Ben and Polly are arrested and accused of being smugglers. The doctor does some fortune telling to distract their guard and knock him out. He dashes away to stop the two from being arrested. The tax man helps Ben and Polly escape, saying he doesn't trust the squire or Pike. Back at the ship, Pike plots how to get the smuggler's stash and Avery's gold. The doctor tells Blake about Pike and they go to raise arms to protect the village. The TARDIS crew heads to the church, hoping to use the riddle given to the doctor to find the treasure first. Just as he is about to solve it, everyone shows up looking for the treasure. Cooper comes in threatening violence and grabs Polly. Yeah, my first note for this episode is that I had to do a reread recap. <laughs> because I was just like, wait, what happened? Ah, fuck, I forget. <laughs> yeah, this episode, because like, I, I, remembered, I remembered more or less the whole first episode kind of remember the beginning of the second episode and remembered nothing about this one i also don't remember a lot about the fourth one but there's an obvious reason for that so so uh ben and polly find out that uh, the doctor's been taken by the pirates and polly asks what do they want with the doctor and ben says ah who knows he's got a funny way of landing himself in in it all the time and i'm like ben you have had at max two adventures with him so far so don't assume that I mean, you're right, but you still shouldn't assume that. <laughs> I mean, yes, you're correct, but you have no reason to know that. My next note is a little bit further on, but uh, Ben and Polly are talking about how they're going to rescue the doctor. And um, he's very crafty at getting himself out of trouble. At least he was in London. And then the doctor comes into the room and says, yes, and why not here, my child? And then they're like, doctor! And I'm like, that son of a bitch was waiting on the other side of the door, just hoping for a dramatic moment to enter. Because he was he was probably there for a good five minutes, just eavesdropping. We're like, wait for it. Wait for it. They always say some shit. What's the most extra entrance I can do right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that adds up. I will say, I'm a little disappointed in this arc. Namely because there are some arcs where I feel like the doctor just gets to be bad. And this could have been one of them. Just in the sense of, like, I don't know. I would have liked it if he actually did just side with Pike. <laughs> and, like, his whole goal was to find the treasure. Not for any reason other than saying he could do it. <laughs> like, I also know, like, I know they kind of forced his hand in it. But, like, that was, like, the thing I really liked about the Myth Makers. Is how Vicky and the Doctor kind of ended up being on opposite sides mm-hmm. of the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I would have liked the doctor to be a pirate just for a second. And he even get he didn't even get a silly hat in this episode. Usually when they go back in time, he gets a cool outfit change. He should have gotten a silly hat. He should have gotten a pirate and hat. And he didn't. What a waste. You're absolutely right. I am disappointed now. <laughs> ben and Polly are with Blake. And then Doctor and Cooper come uh, and meet up with them. And then it's revealed that Cooper is a smuggler. And Blake basically chases after him. And I make the note of Blake is leaving dr ben and polly alone i have it paused i paused it right there i said if they don't immediately go back to the tardis they're stupid then i pressed play and my next note is they're stupid they're stupid let's go (laughs) let's go solve the treasure 
There, there was one specific line. Again, I'm starting to tap into your psyche, Caleb. I'm starting to understand what will piss you off and what won't. They start arguing, and Ben says that they should just leave and go back to the TARDIS. And the doctor argues that he has to stay due to a moral obligation. And I was like, that's going to make Caleb so mad. <laughs> if, I, if I'd heard it and remembered it, it would have. Because you saying it to me made me pretty mad. And that's when it makes the sub note of Ben is going to be Caleb's new favorite companion. Because just the entire time is just like, let's leave. Let's go home. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. Like, it's not our fucking problem. Avery's treasure, like, might not even be here. You know what is here? The TARDIS. So yeah, if only I could remember that moment because I 100% agree with that sentiment. Halfway through the adventure. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how invested everyone is. It's time to fucking leave. (laughs) So in episode one, before the doctor leaves Longfoot, Longfoot tells him a riddle. And uh, Longfoot's riddle sucks. It really sucks because it's like the dead men's tale meets at blank blank and blank and like the blanks are clearly people's names and they're in a graveyard so like it doesn't exactly take a genius to figure out that you need to find the gravestones with those people's names on it but it takes the doctor fucking forever to figure that out and i'm like dude this is like you look up riddles and puzzles for five-year-olds to uh show your D &D group levels of (laughs) this is really easy (laughs) and then i'm very proud of her polly did her first scream now all they need to do is an assist in the slaughter of an entire people and they're both be true members of the crew now (laughs) (laughs) the woman screamed something gets genocided boom this is a tardis crew that's our that's our definition of whether or not they're real companions (laughs) (laughs) that's your very specific definition like do they scream and do they slaughter millions? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not talking about killing in self-defense. I'm not ki- talking about killing a couple people. Slaughters of entire civilizations. No, genocide or bust. Put that on the classic who read it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're like, it's not a real campaign if they didn't commit genocide. And they go, that's absurd. And I'll be like, name one that didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in fairness to the Redditors, they would then be able to list you. <laughs> but then, then of course, we have to answer with, then they weren't real companions. Yeah, then they weren't real companions. Like, whoever this person is from, like, season 14, yeah, fuck that person. <laughs> I was like, they're on the show for 21 episodes. Not real companions. No genocide. <laughs> Sorry. Did, did they cause mass slaughter? No, they're not a real companion. <laughs> uh, that's all I have for that episode. Yeah, that's all I have, too. Nothing. <laughs> Th- this is the first episode where, like, well it's not the first episode but this is the episode where like you can really feel the kind of like zoning out of it because like once pike and cherub and blake and everyone were all there and they started talking i was like great i have literally no fucking idea what's going on anymore yeah yeah that's fair um and then it just turns into (sighs) cacophony in the next episode as you'll see by my very short description uh the pistol goes off and cherub is injured The doctor stalls for time by drawing out the answer to the riddle. He also rambles about Avery's curse, and the men regret looking for the lost gold. Blake arrives with the men from the village, and conflict breaks out. The travelers use the chaos to escape, but they are followed by Pike and his men. Deep in the tunnels, they all stumble on the treasure. Polly is attacked by two sailors, and Ben kicks their asses. All hell is breaking loose, and it's hard to make out what's going on. In the aftermath, it seems that Blake is the last man standing after killing Pike. 
The TARDIS crew escapes and dematerializes, but things are getting very cold very quickly. There are several times during this episode where Cherub's accent is so thick. I was just like, I have... What in God's holy name are you blabbering about? I have no idea what you're currently saying right now. Yeah. And then the other half of the episode is just loud fighting, and it is impossible to make out anything else. Because even over um, Annika's narration, I couldn't really hear her that well. <laughs> yeah. That being said, there is one line that actually did make me laugh here, because um, <clears throat> it's Captain Pike and the Doctor, and the Doctor agreed to help him find the uh, treasure, and the Doctor had a chance to escape, but he didn't, and then he went to help Pike. And this exchange happens. He said, I made a bargain with you, Captain. Don't you want me to keep it? And then the Captain responds with, Aye, that sounds like the foolishness of an honest man. Speak on. Oh, yeah, I do remember that line. <laughs> And I, I just really loved that line. That sounds like the foolishness of an honest man. Speak on. <laughs> I liked it. Da, 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 da. Then my next note is, oh, good, more audio-only action scenes. Then Polly goes back to the TARDIS, supposedly where it's safe. And then it occurred to me, does Polly even have a TARDIS key? Wasn't that how they got in the TARDIS? It is, but... Did they give it back? Did they give it back? Did Polly have the key? Did Ben have the key? Because I know he had it at first at the end of War Machines. I don't I don't remember if he like handed it off or if like Polly took it out of his hand to open it up. I don't remember. I don't remember either. No, you can just walk in the TARDIS now. The TARDIS <laughs> knows who they are. They're like, yeah, come in. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. You're cool. Yeah, just it, it's mostly cacophony for like the latter half of the episode. And then like once it all fades away, they're like, okay, bye. <laughs> One thing I did like about during the cacophonous fight scene is that at one point Polly gets grabbed by a pirate and she actually like fights back. Like she claws and bites and tries to kick the pirate's ass. And I really appreciate that because I'm picturing several past companions who would have been like lightly grabbed and just would have cried and taken it. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad we had someone who literally bite someone's hand for for grabbing them it's based polly polly is probably my favorite female companion so far uh, say even more than vicky Vic, vicky is great polly's more my jam if that makes sense uh but also like we'll have to see but she's up there she's number two at least polly is top tier definitely i think i think i still like vicky more v vicky did advocate for violent revolution so that's cool we will never forget we will never forget we will that never episode. forget vicky <laughs> What a hero. Uh, <laughs> but they eventually get back to the TARDIS, and then the Doctor takes off, and they're wondering where they landed, and Ben says, Ah, oh, better be 1966, or I'll be in trouble. I'm like, Ben, <laughs> it is a time machine. Being late isn't exactly a primary concern right now. I had a note. I'd, I wrote down one note for this entire arc, and it was when they were like, well, like, if it's dematerialized, and like, just take us back. And the doctor's like, my dears, is like, I cannot control the direction or <laughs> location of this machine. I was like, wow, doctor being surprisingly honest for once. He's surprisingly honest about his shortcomings right now, yes. <laughs> Look how much he's grown. I think that is the first time I've heard the doctor say he can't do something. <laughs> well, um, I actually use this as the intro to the arc, but there was one, one other moment where Dodo says uh, something about going home. And then the doctor says, home? <laughs> I couldn't even take you home if I wanted to. And she says, oh, that's good. I'm quite liking this whole time travel thing. Oh, yeah. 
Either way, it's weird. It's weird to see the doctor be honest about it. I almost yeah. prefer him being an asshole. Do you think the fact that Ian and Barbara had to leave on a Dalek time machine was kind of a humbling experience for him? Maybe. Because I feel like it was after that that he was being a little bit more honest with, I have no idea where I'm going. Uh, Yeah, I could see that. I could see it being humbling. And also maybe just slightly offensive of like, you know, like, oh, they actually want to go home. <laughs> yeah. They actually yeah. don't want to do this adventuring and almost dying every single time they go somewhere new thing. Yeah. Ben and Polly are the first companions since Ian and Barbara that actually wants to go home. Mm-hmm. Vicky had nowhere to go. Steven didn't seem to be particularly attached to any sort of home life. Dodo actively didn't want to go home because her aunt was a bitch. This is the first time that Ben and Polly are like, hey, can we go home now? And the doctor's like, mm, mm. funny story. <laughs> <laughs> About I've that. been meaning to fix that. Then then the episode ends with the doctor saying, we've arrived at the coldest place in the world. And I'm like, which world? We've been to several. Are we talking about Earth? <laughs> I, th- I thought that too. And then Anna c- comes in and was like, next time on Doctor Two, on Doctor Who, the 10th planet. I was like, well, I guess it's not Earth. It's whatever the 10th <laughs> planet is. And uh, yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, that's all I have too. I just have one more uh, piece of trivia. Several members of the cast and crew suffered from seasickness during the production because they filmed on location, and that includes on the ship. Well, that was a dumb idea. (laughs) But uh, final thoughts. Well, before I get into final thoughts, there's a piece of trivia I read. It's not really trivia, but when I was skimming the wiki to write my descriptions, it said that this episode basically like viewership plummeted during it. (laughs) Yeah. This episode was not widely received. And you know what? I can agree with that. Yeah. And it, it, that is definitely one of the reasons why Eins Lloyd was like, okay, we need to, what, whatever scripts we have already commissioned that are pure historicals, we'll use those up because we've already paid for them. But no more. No more. Which is why we have one more and then we don't have another for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Even after talking about it, very forgettable. Uh, I wish I remember the moments where Ben wanted to go home, but that's really (laughs) about it. It's pretty sad when I look back fondly on Marco Polo thinking about this episode. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Because even though Marco Polo was circular and very pointless a lot of the time, there were also like genuinely funny things that happened in it. That make me think, ah, that moment in Marco Polo. Remember when the bad guy was a fucking idiot for seven episodes? <laughs> but yeah. in this one, I have just nothing to say. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, my final thoughts are, it's a pirate story, so I'm going to enjoy it by default. But it didn't really have any, like, spice to make it interesting. Other than Ben and Polly, it being Ben and Polly's first real episode, it... It didn't really have anything that makes it stand out. Mm-hmm. And this is a claim you can make for literally every single one of the audios, except for the racist ones. But uh, I feel like I could enjoy it more if I could see it. Yeah. Because, again, it's a it's a sort of a swashbuckling adventure, and I would have enjoyed that, enjoyed seeing that. But uh, we didn't, so oh well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what my thoughts exactly. This one specifically would have really benefited from being in live action. Uh, I pretty much agree. Like, I'm fine with all the racist ones being just forgotten. <laughs> yeah, because then you can just, like, close your eyes and just pretend that they're actually Asian actors. Yeah, with yeah. very <laughs> strong 
British accents. <laughs> yep. Yep. We're not we're not thinking about that part. Nope. <laughs> but yeah. And like yeah, also, well, I don't know. There was a lot of Ben and Polly, but I also didn't feel like they really had a lot to do. Because what I really liked about Polly, until she got brainwashed in the War Machines, uh, is, you know, she's a go-getter. She went and did stuff. And Ben was, like, a delightfully stupid in the War Machines. And, like, even after she got brainwashed, she, like, still resisted enough to help Ben escape. So, like, even after she was brainwashed, she was still badass. Mm-hmm. This is also a tough one to come down from, because, like, this episode is so forgettable, and the War Machines was just so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I mean, half the time we've been sitting here talking about this, I literally cannot get the scene in my head of, like, Ben being captured by the brainwashed workers, and him being like, Polly, get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's... He's a dumb idiot, but he's our dumb idiot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's it. I will say nothing. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. Uh, if you liked it, be sure to give it five stars and tell your friends about it. It's the best way to support the podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the major podcast networks. If you'd like to talk to us about the show, you can find us on Twitter at QuickTripDW. And if you'd like to talk to just Mac and I in general, you can find us at MacTheMeh and at CLB underscore Clark. Also, make sure to head over to Mac's YouTube channel, also called Mac the Meh, where he makes insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time in which we get introduced to the second most iconic Doctor Who villain in the 10th planet. Oh, excuse me, the second most iconic? The second. <laughs> tonight huh no i can't i keep stumbling over i have a cold sore right here though so that's why uh yeah i hate that